good to be back. We've been gone the last two Wednesday nights. Um, we had went on a little mini vacation and had a wonderful time, and then we were at Awaken last week, our Church of God meetings in Baltimore, and had a wonderful time. I want to read tonight out of Psalms 29, 3. If you want to open your Bible, you can. It will be up on the screen as well. Um, Psalms 29, verse 3 says, The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf. Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest, the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood and the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. My title tonight is also my prayer for tonight. God, give us ears that hear. Give us ears that hear. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Over in Proverbs 20 and 12, the word says, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. I have a video clip that I want to show you tonight. It's just a minute or so long, so if you'll turn your attention to the screens. Despite what you might be thinking, these two circles are not equal. I repeat, these two circles are not equal. One is in fact larger than the other. What I need you to do is determine which one that is. So, please raise your hand if you believe the blue circle is larger than the red. All right, please raise your hand if you believe the red circle is larger than the blue. All right, very good. Now, before I said anything about these two circles, what was your first instinct? Equal, right? Because they look equal. And the reason why they look equal is because, in fact, they are equal. These two circles are identical. Yet I got just about every one of you to raise your hand and say that they're not. So what do we learn? That you can be manipulated like that to believe in something that goes against your natural instincts. Just, just imagine, just imagine as a child you're taught that the blue circle is larger than the red. If you say it enough times, you convince yourself that's the truth. If you're told the lie enough times, it becomes part of your reality. And if enough people are taught that lie, that the blue circle is larger than the red, well now it becomes part of the culture. And if that culture then passes that misinformation along to the next generation, well now it becomes tradition. The one thing that was the most disturbing to me about this video is how easily a whole room full of people were convinced. And even watching it, you second guess yourself. You're like, no, those two are the same. But he had a very convincing voice. And we um, live in a time when many voices are vying for our attention. Uh, many convincing voices, popular voices with 
popular opinions, vain philosophies that are fueled by man's agenda, but people are buying into them right and left. The word of God makes it very plain that in the last days, the love of many would grow cold and indifferent and that many would be deceived. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy 4 and 3, uh, Paul puts it in this context. For the time will come when they will not listen. They will not hear sound doctrine. But having itching ears will heap up for themselves teachers after their own lust. In Mark Batterson's book, Whisper, it says, not many people sell their souls to the devil, but many of us sell our souls to the culture. Instead of defining success for ourselves, we let the culture define it for us. Instead of daring to be different, we conform to the pattern of this world. Why? We let the culture become the loudest voice. And it is happening all around us. Have you ever sat down with someone and tried to talk to them and you knew they were not listening? They were distracted. Uh, they were looking at their phone or they may even be looking at you, but they're not listening to you. It's not a good feeling. It, it's, it's, uh, it it kind of makes you want to get up and go in the other room. Uh, but we've all done it and we've been guilty of doing it to other people. And yet, you know, when I was studying for this, we're often distant and distracted when we open God's word and when we get down to pray. Or we're so busy or so overwhelmed that we don't hear God's voice or, or pay attention to the nudges that are there. Several times in God's word, especially in the gospels and in Revelation, when Jesus would be teaching, he would end that teaching with, he that hath ears, let him hear. Uh, and then in Revelation chapter two and three, as he's admonishing the seven churches for their spiritual state, each time he would say, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church. He put that admonition in there that they would hear. And if we're not careful, even if we've served God a long time, will become dull of hearing, will become distracted, will let emotions and the culture and everything else drown out the voice of God. We have to take heed in the day we live because Jesus said, take heed. The love of many is gonna grow cold. Many are gonna drift. They're gonna drift from the word. They're gonna drift from faith. And so we have to pay attention to what Jesus is saying here. In Ezekiel, 12 and 2, it says, Son of man, you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, who have ears to hear, but they hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Over in Jeremiah 5, 21, he says, Hear this, O foolish and senseless people, who have eyes, but see not, who have ears, but hear not. When you get into the New Testament, Jesus is teaching about parables and the many that could not hear them or understand them. And this is what he said in Matthew 13, 15. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. 
Isn't that powerful? God is calling the church into an intimate relationship with him. It has got to be more than a Sunday and a Wednesday. It has to be seven days a week, 24 hours a day. He, he longs for intimacy and friendship with his church. He, he, uh, he died on the cross, rose again, that veil of the temple was torn in two so that we could have access day or night into the presence of God, that we could come into his presence and find mercy and grace and the help that we need, the strength that we need. We have access at all times and he longs for that and he still speaks today. He still speaks today. He's very present in our life. The writer of Proverbs, and I, I want you to take note of this. The writer of Proverbs 19.27 says, Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the word of knowledge. There is not a one of us in here that are so spiritual that we cannot stray. It doesn't matter if we've been saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, taught Sunday school, preached for many years. If we don't guard our heart, if we don't stay in the word, if we don't continue to hear the voice of God, then we're gonna drift. It doesn't matter who we are. I've seen people sit in church, service after service, and drift and backslide. We have to guard our heart. We have to guard our soul. My prayer is that God will give us ears that hear. In Psalms 143 and 8, the psalmist prayed, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. Cause me to hear it, God. Open my understanding. Open my heart. Open my thought processes that I will hear your word in the morning. For in you I trust Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. He is very present in our life, church. Aren't you thankful? In Psalms 139, there's nowhere that we can go from the presence of God. His presence doesn't always feel that close, and sometimes that's us. Sometimes we've moved. Sometimes we've allowed things in that have put a distance between us and God, but we're not out of his presence because if we make our bed in hell, he's there. No matter where we go, there's nowhere that we can go from the presence of God. He's omnipresent and he longs. I'm gonna say this again. He longs for communion, for intimacy, for friendship, and for fellowship with every one of us. It's not a tear like you're more important or you're more spiritual or this. He loves every single one of us and is drawing us in to himself, into the secret place so that we can know him. Over in Proverbs 8, 32, it says, Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Who likes to be blessed? Keep his ways. You're gonna walk in the blessing of God. It's, favor's gonna follow you. Here. And be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I want to read it out of the message. 
So my dear friends, listen carefully. Those who embrace these ways are most blessed. Mark a life of discipline and live wisely. Don't squander your precious life. Don't squander it. It's distressing to me to think that to serve God is burdensome. Or his ways are keeping his commands or having boundaries. It brings such liberty and freedom into your life to walk in the ways of God. To walk in intimacy with God. To walk so close to the light, you don't have time for the dark. You don't, you don't have time to meander in cesspools that are going to drag you down, that are going to hurt your influence, that are going to hurt your soul. It says, don't squander your precious life. Bless the man, bless the woman who listens to me, awake and ready for me each morning, alert and responsive as I start my day's work. When you find me, you find life, real life, to say nothing of God's good pleasure. But if you wrong me, you damage your very soul. When you reject me, you're flirting with death. I love what Proverbs 15, 31 says, he, who, he whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. I wanna dwell among the wise. That word listen means to play, pay close attention to with the purpose of hearing, to give ear, to hearken, to attend, to follow advice. I think any word or words that God in his word references more than 250 times is worth paying attention to. And if you look at listen and hear those words, it's something we need to, to, to tune our ear to. God is still speaking to us today. When you look over in Luke 6, 47 through 49, Jesus is teaching and he gives this powerful analogy of what hearing and heeding the works word looks like um, and the same as hearing but not receiving. The results are very different. Jesus teaching, he says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them. It's one thing to hear, it's another thing to do. Here's my words and acts on them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent beat against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted on the word is like a man who built his house on the ground without any foundation and the rains came against it, immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Two parallel lives. The one who hears and acts, the one who hears and does their own thing, goes accordingly. The results are very, very different. Aren't you thankful that God's word is practical? It is practical. It is yes and amen. He puts it out there. We, we, we don't have to wander in darkness. All through time, God has communicated in various ways. Let me get my water. <clears throat> I 
with his people. In the Garden of Eden, he was face to face with Adam and Eve. He spoke through angels and prophets and dreams and visions and miracles and even through a donkey that he enabled to speak like a man. He spoke to Noah and instructed him to build an ark. He spoke to Moses through the burning bush and later had fellowship, an intimate fellowship, a friendship, a face-to-face friendship. Elijah heard the still small voice of God after the fire and the wind and the rain. He spoke to Saul on the road to Damascus who later became Paul and was transformed by God's presence and was a powerful apostle. He spoke to Peter in a vision telling him to take the gospel to the Gentiles in Revelation. I love Revelation. John was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And he heard a voice behind him like the sound of many waters. And he turned and he saw one as the son of God standing against the seven, amidst the seven golden candlesticks. And he describes what he saw in that moment. God still speaks, church. Mark Batterson in Whisper said, nothing has the potential to change your life like the whisper of God. Nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear his still small voice. That's how you discern the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. That's how you see and seize divine appointments. That's how miracles happen. Learning how to hear the voice of God is the solution to a thousand problems. It's also the key to discovering your destiny and fulfilling your potential. His voice is love. His voice is power. His voice is healing. His voice is wisdom. His voice is joy. If your life is off key, maybe it's because you've been deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in edgewise. Before you pray it, let me issue one warning. If you aren't willing to listen to everything God has to say, you eventually won't hear anything he has to say. If you want to hear his comforting voice, you have to listen to his convicting voice. And it's often what we want to hear least that we need to hear the most. God still speaks, church. I feel very strongly that he wants us to take time to listen to what he has to say. Not only does he speak, but he sings over us. He's our hiding place. He surrounds us with songs of deliverance. He sings over us with loud singing, Zephaniah says. His voice can be heard thundering throughout the atmosphere. All around us is the activity of God and the voice of God if we stop and listen. He speaks through his word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Say it with me. And the word was God. John 6, 63 said, Jesus said, the words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and of life. Paul told Timothy, he said, every word that is in this Bible, every word is God breathed. It is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 
We need to be trained in righteousness. We can't just take the parts that are easy and just throw away the other parts that are hard. That's how you grow in God. That's how he transformed you in your walk with him is when you learn to die to self, is when you take the things that aren't easy to take. Have you ever uh, been aware and conscious that when you've said to God, God, I wanna be more like you. I, I want more of you. I wanna, I wanna know you. I wanna be used of you. I, I wanna go deeper with you. Have you ever noticed that? You're just all fired up and you're ready to go. And then you get fleshly. I mean, you get fleshly. Everything irritates you. People irritate you. You irritate yourself. I mean, you're just, you're wanting to grow. You're willing to go and you tell God and then there you are. You know what happens? You're coming into the face of God. You're coming into that light and your flesh is starting to show itself what it is. And you really see and you become vulnerable. But, but when you press in and you dig in and you die to self and you let the word begin to speak to you and transform you and you don't, you don't always have to have the last word or you don't always have to be right or you don't always have to speak your mind or give your opinion or do your own thing. You begin to be transformed into the image of God. So he speaks to us through his word. His word is, is a two-edged sword. It's life and it's light. Listen to what Proverbs says. 4 and 20, to 20 through 22. My son, pay attention to what I say. Incline your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Amen. We need the engrafted word. The more of the word that we allow to get in us, the more things begin to fall off and leave us. It's not that we even have to die to something. Something's died to us because we're decreasing and he's increasing. He's moving in us. I want to encourage you to do your best to get in the word daily. And it's hard because I've, I, I, I've went through this myself. It's like, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. Is this really doing me any good? That's why it's good to have a, a, a pattern that you study. That's why I love the Bible app. I love reading through the Bible every year. Because even though I don't always understand it, the more I read, I see how Genesis connects all the way to Revelation. And the word builds faith. So even if you have a hard time reading it, then put your Bible app on, on your way to work or around the house or when you're doing chores outside, let it read to you. It's going to get inside of you. It's going to transform you. The word builds faith. Your faith can be no stronger than your knowledge of the word. And we're going to stay as babies if we don't get the word in us. We're not going to grow up. 
We're not gonna uh, walk like men and like women. We're gonna stay as children. We're gonna stay and, and follow the culture. We're gonna believe everything that the red is bluer, the blue is bigger than the red. We're gonna buy all of that if we don't know the truth. Psalms 119, the psalmist said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. How many of you wants to be wiser than your enemies? I'm just grateful that he prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. We don't have to back down, take a back seat. Even in the middle of our battles, we can sit down to a six-course meal and grow in the grace of God. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God speaks through his creation. Everywhere you turn, we can hear and see the activity of God. I love Psalms 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day after day after day, they pour forth speech. God rides on the wings of the wind. He holds the earth in the palm of his hand. He spoke with one word and the world came into existence. Everywhere you look, when you see the trees of the field and they are waving their branches, that's God speaking. When you see the flowers burst forth, that's God speaking. Everywhere you look, night after night, They reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them, yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. Everywhere you turn, God speaks through other believers. The Bible records several instances where he would use one individual to go talk to another. Just a a couple right off the top of, of my thought processes is Samuel to Saul, Nathan to David. He uh, talked to Ananias and he went and prayed and talked with Saul and Peter went to Cornelius's house. And even today, he still uses people to speak a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of encouragement. Um, I have been blessed by so many people that at the right time spoke into my life or give a text into my life. You have too. And I've been humbled by the times that God has urged me to call someone or to send a text and they would respond and say, you don't know how much I needed this. This was just the right time. I'm telling you, church, let's start listening. Let's not push off those nudges, be it for our children, be it for someone else. Let's stop whatever we're doing and make that call. Let's stop whatever we're doing and pray that prayer. Let's stop and send that text. Let's hear what God is saying and to begin to flood the atmosphere with the activity of God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He does that through you and I. We are the gateway through which the glory of God invades the earth. That's a responsibility. We cannot take it lightly. We cannot sit on the sidelines and have a Sunday morning relationship. We have got to hear the voice of God every moment of every day. Tune your ear. God is doing
doing powerful things in this day. He's doing powerful things. He's so mindful of us. Isaiah 50 and 4 says, A sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He awakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. I was visiting with brother and sister Bean today, and she was having a good day. They were telling me that this weekend they had, of course they always listened to Loch Lynn, but they had listened to some others and, and they were saying that three uh, different ministers confirmed where they were at, that God used them to let them know, I see you, I hear you, I know where you are. He uses other believers. He speaks through circumstances. He will give us proper perspective when we're going through trials and he will turn uh, that mess that we're going into through to a message. He speaks through worship. We roll out the red carpet for God. He sits enthroned on the praises of his people. That's why the enemy wants to silence you. That's why the enemy wants to intimidate you from worshiping and praising. You, you don't need to be that extravagant. You don't need to be that loud. You know you messed up this week. You shouldn't even be praising. You need to look the devil right in the eye and you need to raise both hands and say, I will give God the glory to his name because he sits enthroned there. He sits enthroned there. His presence is going to be there when you make a place for him. C.S. Lewis said in worship, God imparts himself to us. He speaks through prayer. He wants our relationship to be intimate and interactive. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call to me and I will answer you and will give you great and hidden things that you have not known. I'm going to show you things that you've not had the revelation of before. It's not that it may be something new in the earth, but it's new to you. You haven't seen that facet of God before. You haven't understood that revelation before, but you've called out to God. You've set yourself apart. You want to be still before him. And he begins to reveal to you who he is and begins to download revelation so fast you can't even write it down. But you know that once you've been in his presence and you get up and you go out, there's something different. You had been bowed down. You had been battled and beaten. And now your shoulders are square. You're ready to go. You're ready to worship because God has given you revelation and you know not only who you are, are in him, but you know who he is in you. He still speaks today, church. Doug Small says the very essence of prayer is an encounter with God and the context in which he engages us. Not only do we listen to God, but he hears us. This is relationship. The more that we sit in God's presence and listen for his nudges and listen, even in the busyness of the day, we tune our ear. We understand that he hears us. Psalms 34, 4 said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. This poor man called and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The Lord is near to all who call on him, all who call on him in truth. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. I'm going to close out this evening. In Mark Batterson's book, Whisper, 
He says this, it's a question. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? That's the question. Is God's voice the loudest voice in your life? That's the question. If it is not, that's the problem. Priscilla Shire teaches that we must learn to create time, space, and opportunity to hear God, to sense his conviction, to receive detailed guidance, and to discern his leading. The process of waiting for a message from God can be just as important as the message itself. In waiting, our faith and intimacy with the Lord will grow. We need to tune our ear to the voice of God and let him guide us Convict us, comfort us, heal us, protect us, help us to grow, encourage us. He's calling us to listen with the inner ear. One of my favorite scriptures, 1 Corinthians, eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into your heart the things that God has prepared for those who love them. They're already prepared. They're waiting on us. But God reveals them to us through his spirit. The natural man cannot understand them, will never understand it, won't even accept it, won't even pursue it. But the spiritual man, he reveals them the deep things of God that are already prepared for those who love them. I don't know about you, but... Listening isn't always easy, especially when you hear and you know what you're supposed to do. We know out of his word that there are specific things that are for all of us. It's the will of God. We don't have to question it. We, we can have opinions and argue about it all day long. It doesn't really change anything. It's the will of God for all of us. We're to be sanctified. We're to give thanks. We're to live a holy life. We're to love God more in the world less. I mean, there are just things that we know. But then we listen for the voice of God and sometimes it takes great faith. It takes great faith to move hundreds of miles from home or to endeavor to step out in an area that you know it's gonna take God to finance it or when he speaks to you to give and you don't think you can afford it but he's speaking into our lives and he's instructing us. I'm thankful that as parents, as grandparents, even as spouses, if we want victory, if we want healing, if we want to walk in power, he will give us instruction. Sometimes it's right there, black and white in his word. And then there are other times when he will fine tune and say something to us that we need to do as a step of faith to follow the heart of God. And then it's on us. He that hears and acts is going to be like a house that is built on a strong foundation. And when the rains come, you're still going to be standing. But when we hear and we don't act, We cannot get frustrated and upset at God when things begin to fall apart because he's already warned us. But God wants to speak to every one of us through all the ways that I said and even more.
But he does speak to us today, Sharon. And he, he loves us. And sometimes we discount those things that are practical. You know God is practical? He's practical. He's practical about life. He's practical about marriage. He's practical about parenting. He's practical about finances. I, I've prayed over wallpaper and he has made it stretch and go and put it together. And you, you couldn't tell that it was five pieces in one little strip because I didn't want to go buy another roll. He's practical, but we have to listen for his voice. And sometimes it's so practical that we think that can't be God. But he's speaking today. He's speaking to his church and I believe he's given us a battle plan. He's given us a vision plan on how to even win this world and win the lost and change the course of, of even what's pushing against the church. And it's going to come down to us doing the things we already know. Praying, fasting, being faithful, worshiping. And until we can get those things down that we already know, we cannot get upset if we don't have another great revelation. He's speaking. Are we listening? He loves you. He loves you. And he wants to work things out for your good and his glory. And he's moving today. The word of the Lord says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, say that with me, everything, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to start off right there. We're going to practice the will of God tonight in rejoicing in him and giving thanks. And we're going to start that praying without ceasing. You can stay at your seat. You can come up to the altar I've asked them to play a song and we'll dismiss after this, but I want you just to settle your heart for a couple moments before God and let him love on you as you're loving on him. Just in the stillness that you begin to tune that ear to the sounds of heaven, the sounds of God that are all around us every day, the sounds of God are all around us. Don't you let the enemy beat you up. Don't you let him tell you you're not good enough or you've done this or you're not spiritual enough. The only way we grow is to listen. That's it. I'm still growing. I still mess up, but I'm still pressing. And God's gonna help. 